If you have your Bibles, take them and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. On the back of your sermon outline, you'll find those texts as well. Paul writes, Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So far the reading of God's Word. Have you ever seen a kaleidoscope? I'm holding in my hand something I bought at the children's toy store here in Oyster Bay. And when I look through this end and I shine it at the light and I rotate the tube, there are pieces of glass and mirror and little pebbles inside. And as the light hits them, there are mirrors that actually refract the light through the stones and the glass. And it's beautiful. Roz, would you let them see what I'm seeing? A kaleidoscope is this, this cylinder. And the objects, if you would help that to run, the objects spin and turn. And every little part fits in. And it looks random and it looks uh, dynamic, and yet from the very center. It's all guided and it's all held together, but no two moments are exactly alike. They are dynamic. They are ongoing. The shift is relentless. The change continues, but the beauty is unending. Maybe I'm just a kid at heart. I love this. I love this as a child. And I love it still today. This magnificent display of shape and color in a coordinated fashion. And on Wednesday nights in our prayer meeting, as we pray for the church, as we join our hearts and we ask for heaven's vision of God's people and God's church, as we pray sometimes... The hair on the back of my neck stands up and goose flesh on my skin because I have this sense that this is how God sees His church. This is how God looks at us. We have three points today as we consider the mission of the church. And this morning, this first point before you is simply this. We have a variety of gifts and a variety of activities and a variety of ministries that make us look like a kaleidoscope displaying His love. And that's what this passage teaches us. I look around this room and I, and I know something of your lives and I know something of your ministries and I, I see not everybody exactly the same But this beautiful kaleidoscope displaying faith, displaying hope, 
displaying love. And every part does its part in the divine dance of the church. Does that make sense to you? Do you remember a few weeks ago I told you the story of four people? Uh, Some of you were not here. You didn't hear this. Remember the story about four people named everybody, somebody, anybody, and nobody? Remember that? And there was an important job to be done in the church. And everybody was sure that somebody would do it. Anybody could have done it, but nobody did it. Somebody got angry about that because it was everybody's job. Everybody thought anybody would do it, but nobody realized that everybody wouldn't do it. And it ended up that everybody blamed somebody when nobody did what anybody could have. (laughs) And I like that. But we do know that everybody can't do every job. But we also know that everybody does have a role to play in the body of Christ. What is your role to play in the North Shore Community Church? In that marvelous kaleidoscope, in that divine dance orchestrated by God, what is your part to play? Where does this come from? You know, we often speak in our tradition of a very important doctrine called the priesthood of all believers. Have you ever heard that term? The priesthood of all believers. We we get that from 1 Peter 2, verse 9, where Peter says to the church, to the people, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. And he's not just talking to the pastors. Who's he writing to? To everyone. And at the time of the Reformation, this became, this became divisive, and this became uh, crucial as the church was seeking to reform itself. Because you see what happened where there was, first of all, there, were these, these, there was this division between different classes of people. There were the priests, the clergy. They were the God people, the monks and the nuns and the priests. And they were the holy ones. And then there were the rest of us. And people were taught, you need a human priest to grant you absolution for your sins. And and why, you know there are certain saints up there that have a special ability to persuade God to do something on your behalf if you pray to them. And, and, And the reformers responded and they said, wait a minute, as we read the New Testament, there is only one mediator between God and man. Who is that? Jesus Christ. And now, every one of us has direct access into the throne room of God through Jesus Christ. He is the one true high priest. And then, 1 Peter 2.9 tells us, we, everybody, have ministerial or priestly duties that we carry out. Now, this is not a sermon on the fact that every one of you is a prophet and every one of you is a priest and every one of you is a king, but the New Testament teaches that you are uniquely shaped and called by God to do ministry. Every one of you. If you are born again, if you are a Christian, if you name the name of Jesus Christ, you are a royal priest in the house of God. I want you to believe this. Isn't this beautiful? 
Here's how Paul puts it. Now, there are, listen for the common word here, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God that empowers them all in everyone. And of course, the key word in this passage is what? Variety. It means different kinds. I like this. There is not just one gift that fits all believers. Paul is emphasizing here the diversity, the diversity in the, in the, in the body. And so we know this. Not everybody is a hand. Not everybody is a foot. Not everybody is an eye or an ear or a mouth. There is variety. Let's enjoy that. Let's celebrate that. There's also uniqueness. So every one of you should believe that you are uniquely crafted by God. You, the apple of His eye, you have a place to play in the kaleidoscope, you see. Three words are described by variety. Did you catch them in the, in the text there in verse 4? First, there are gifts. That comes from the Greek word charismata, which is you have two words put together, grace gifts, grace gifts. And what are these? These are the divine abilities distributed by the Holy Spirit to every individual person. And I look around this room... And some of you are gifted in administration. You have that ability to take chaos and, and bring order out of it. And that's a beautiful gift when that's given to the church. Some of you have the gift of leadership. God has uniquely called you and empowered you to stand out and say, let's serve the Lord together. Come, follow me. Let's go. Let's move forward. Some of you have the gift of encouragement. When somebody is weary, when somebody has stumbled, you come alongside them and you lift them up and you bear their burden with them. Some of you have the gift of helps. Did you know the Bible lists the gift of helps? What is that all about? Helps is the, the person who rolls up their sleeve and says, I, I don't want to be in the spotlight, but I love to to serve and help out behind the scenes. Some of you have the gift of intercession. You are the prayer warriors of the church. Yes, we're all called to pray, but you are uniquely committed to seeking the face of God on behalf of others and on behalf of the church. Some of you have the gift of artistry. And the first spirit gifts that were given in the Old Testament were gifts of artistry and craftsmanship, an eye for beauty, an ear for beauty, for music. For art, for things visual, for the glory of God. Do you see, my friends, it's all part of the kaleidoscope, this gifting. What are your spiritual gifts? Finish the sentence. Ready? God has gifted me with the gift of... Did you fill in the blank? It's okay if you said, hmm. I don't know, because one of the things we love to do as a church family is to help you discover your gifts and develop them. That's what we do. We, we, we use in many ways, but we like to use the network course that Jim Westbrook 
teaches. And if you're interested in this at all, let me know and we'll walk you through this so that you can enjoy the self-discovery of how God has uniquely wired and gifted you. Then he says there are varieties of service. And that's the Greek word diakonia. It speaks of the opportunities for expressing your spiritual gifts in very practical ways. And here, my friends, we need to have our eyes open to how God opens the doors to serve. Now, remember, this is, this is the, where the great battle takes place. You know, Jesus said, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? To serve. And give his life as a ransom for many. And then when he washes the feet of his disciples, he says to them, you guys should imitate your teacher here. And and this lesson comes to us many times to people like me because I much prefer to be served than to serve. What about you? Are you that kind of person who, who prefers to be served, to let other people serve? And yet what Jesus teaches is the very core is that if if you've been crucified with Him, the great servant of all, if you've died with Christ, now He is preparing you to a life of service. Diakonia, it sounds like the word deacon, means servant. And in this kaleidoscope, when it is active and moving, when the tumblers are turning, people are bringing their gifts and aligning them with their passions in order to serve. And so I just ask you straight out, do you have the gift of shepherding? Then maybe you should start a small group. We need more home fellowship groups. Do you love to just tend and care for a a group of people? Maybe you would start a small group. We will resource you. I will coach you. We'll get you materials. We will pray for you. But wouldn't it be great if you were one of the many under-shepherds in our church? Do you have the gift of teaching? Start a Bible study. Go ahead. Start a Bible study. I'll give you materials you can use, curriculum. You have to submit to us. You know, we want to make sure you're teaching the Bible properly. but, but, But we'll be alongside you. Go ahead. Do you have a gifts, gifts to work with children? Then let Carrie Wachter know. We need Sunday school teachers. We really do. Do you have a passion for teenagers, for those young people that are going from childhood through adolescence in this terrible day in which we live where the lives of our teenagers are being seduced by the siren calls of the world? Do you have a passion for teenagers? Let Tay Cho know that you want to serve on his team. Come alongside him and let's love our teenagers well. Do you have a gift of music, an appreciation of singing, and can you sing in tune? Let me know. We want to find if maybe you can help us out. We've had the same people singing up front for a long time. Let everybody, everybody, somebody will do it, but maybe it's you that would do it. Or do you have an eye for beauty? You know, this church doesn't have a garden committee. We need a garden committee, a committed garden committee, not just people with ideas. 
Do you have an eye for beauty? You know, some of us young mothers in this church, you know, your main job is just keeping those little ones alive, right? <laughs> yeah, they're still alive the end of the day. Well done. Uh, we understand how demanding your life is. And yet, are there ministries that the young mothers can coordinate, maybe to free up other mothers to go to the women's Bible study, and so you would be willing to help collectively care for children at the church during the women's Bible study so their mothers could come and learn from the Word of God? We need help. Austin Parenti leaves for college today. For the past three years, Austin Parenti has taken care of all our video, all the slideshows, all of the productions that we've done. He's gone now. Somebody will do it. Anybody will do it. Nobody will do it. If you have a gift in, 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 in video editing, in creating of slideshows, by all means, let me, let Martin, let Tay know about it. We need help. And then that third word, variety of activities, and that's a lousy translation of the word. I don't know why they use that translation. The New American Standard translates it a variety of accomplishments or a variety of effects. And all he's saying is that things do get done. The kaleidoscope turns and things get done. You know, since I've been here, there have been 15 overseas mission trips they got done. There have been over 500 worship services where we came together and had a grand celebration of the glory of God. They got done. We've had over 500, over 400 youth group meetings. We've had over 400 Sunday school. Sunday schools happen. We've had over 500 prayer meetings. We've had 11 vacation Bible schools. My list goes on and on. I think about these. Thousands, thousands of people have received food from our food pantry. Thousands of people have purchased clothing from our thrift store. How exciting is it? The variety of results, variety of gifts, variety of service, variety of results, all in the marvelous kaleidoscope. Philippians 2.13 says, It is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. And let me tell you what is music to my ears, and I hope it's music to your ears. I love it when somebody comes up to me and says, You know, Pastor John, I got together with so-and-so. And they really ministered to me. I was hurting. And I got together with this man or this woman in the church. And they prayed for me. They counseled me. They opened God's word to me. They pointed me to Christ. They cried with me. They laughed with me. They served me. I love it. Don't you love that? You see. That is the kaleidoscope turning, and it leads us to something very deep, that underneath this rich diversity in the body of Christ is the God, the Trinitarian God, and this is point number two, 
who comes to us and through us. As I told you before, our God is one. There is one God, the living and true God. All others are idols. But the New Testament reveals that our God is one God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so we call Him a trinity. It's a trinitarian God, one God in three persons. And while this text is not about the trinity, it's infused with the trinity. Did you catch it as we read through it? This is important theology for you. Don't let the screensaver go up here. Listen to me very carefully. What does it say? There are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them in everyone. And so, all of this diversity and activity is not random. It's not chaotic. It is orchestrated and coordinated by our God. First, coming to us, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost, and He resides in the church. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit taking up residence inside them, the Spirit of Christ. And that Spirit gives and empowers gifts to people. Verse 7, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. And then it says, and there is the same Lord. Who is the Lord? Who is the Lord? Jesus Christ is the Lord. Many passages teach this, but in Romans 1, verses 3 and 4, Paul writes to us, do you you know this verse? Concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus is Lord, the great cry of the church. And he is the one who leads us in service, diakonia. Do you follow Jesus? Then you follow Him to serve, to serve His church, to serve the Lord in this world. Jesus told us how He's going to do this. He says in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. I will build my church. He's building us by bringing you to your part in the church. And then it's God the Father who empowers us. Philippians 2.13 teaches this, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. The Lord is my strength and song. That's what we sing, empowering us. The Lord is my strength and my song. God is my strength and my salvation. If you get this into your head, This is a a lot, I know, but as you get this into your head, you suddenly realize, as the kaleidoscope turns, you realize that His light comes and shines on you, and then His light shines through you. His forgiveness comes to you, and then His forgiveness moves through you. His hope comes to you and swells your heart. His hope goes through you to this world that needs Him so much. 
And point number three, leads, it, this leads right into point number three. Our gifts and our ministries activities are for the common good. You catch that at the end of verse 7? To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Discover your spiritual gift, right? Develop that spiritual gift. If it's like a knife, sharpen it, you know? If it's a, if it's a muscle, strengthen it. You develop it for the common good. And Peter says, in 1 Peter 4, he says this. You catch that verse there? Each one, not just some of the people, but every one of us, 1 Peter 4.10, each one should use whatever gift he has received. Received from whom? The Spirit, the Son, the Father. Should use whatever gift he has received to do what? Serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. What we learn here, 1 Corinthians 4.7 and 1 Peter 4.10, is that gifts are given to be used. Some of you have fantastic toolboxes. In, if I, I've been invited to some of your garages, and I have been in your garage, and you, have, you open that closet, and inside is something that just, I don't know what it is about us men, but we, I just love tools, you know, tool time with Tim Taylor, you know, I love to see the tools, you know, but you don't just leave them in the closet and polish them up and look at them and admire them. What do you do with your tools? You use them. You use them in craftsmanship to build, to repair, to heal, to serve. So you don't just leave the tools in the toolbox, but you bring them out. Gifts are given to be used. And until you implement your gift, our church will not be mature, okay? You said, oh, wish I'd slept in this morning. Until you exercise your gifts, our church will not be mature. Now, I'm not just talking about until you start doing community service. On Long Island. Long Island is way ahead the rest, uh, the rest of the nation. Every, every junior in high school in Long Island is a, is a very nice do-gooder. I have community service to do to show my guidance counselor what to put on my application for college. I have to do community service. Can I do something nice? And they call the church, Pastor John, can I do something nice to do community service at, on Thursday between 1.15 and 1.40 every other Thursday? Well, that's fine. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm asking, are you a Christian are you a Christian? For most of you, you know the answer. Some of us are not sure. Are you a Christian? If you are a Christian, you, you who have surrendered to Jesus Christ, confessing your need of the Savior, receiving Him and His death on the cross as atonement for your sins, are you a Christian? Have you been born again from God, the Holy Spirit working in you? If you are, then He has gifted you. If you are not, you, then your first assignment is to become a Christian, okay? 
That's your take. My first assignment is to become a Christian. And to all who receive Him, who believe in His name, He gives the power to become children of God. Have you ever done that? Have you ever believed in Him and received Him? Today is a great day to do that if you never have. But that's not where it ends. That's just the beginning. And the beginning is then that the kaleidoscope begins to turn one more time. Tools, polished, Roz, turn that back on for us again. You are needed in this church, and God wants to use you. Every part of the kaleidoscope, every movement of the kaleidoscope adds something to the beauty of the picture, and this is true for every one of us. There is no church over there that will do it. It's us. We are the church. I read a, a talk on spiritual gifts this week by one of my favorite writers, uh, Brian Bill, who has these great illustrations, and he says this. He, he, he told the story, listen to this, of a well-known conductor of a major orchestra who was holding a rehearsal one night in one of the grand concert halls, and there were 200 voices in the choir, and the brass was loud and majestic, and the strings were swinging the sound through the air, and the woodwinds were bright, and the cymbals were clashing, and as the, as the music was going on, the piccolo player sitting in the back said, I don't feel like I have anything to contribute, and she stopped playing. And the conductor is conducting away, and suddenly he stops everything. And he points to the piccolo. And he says, without you, our concert is no concert. We need you to play. And God is saying to your heart today, we need you to play to sing your melody, to paint your canvas, to exercise your gifts, to build up His church for the common good. Nobody can do everything, but everybody can do something, and it is beautiful in God's eyes. Let's pray. Our Father, early in the service, we sang of Your beauty how beautiful, how beautiful, how beautiful is your unfailing love. And we thank you that you make your church beautiful, that she is beautiful in your eyes. And so we offer ourselves to you like the pot does to the potter, like the clay does to the potter. And we say, I give my life to the potter's hand. Receive this prayer now as we sing it and fulfill it in Jesus' name. Amen.